It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Byron filling in for the P-Man. Once again, this seems to be like a regular deal now. Why not just give me a show? The what Ben we, Byron Show, that's the real name of this, Yeah, what right? are we BSing about? Give me a show. I'm tired of waiting around. I've been here long enough. Chris Cook on the ones and twos. Cookie, DJ C Squared, Lord Christopher, and he goes by Woo! many other names. Chad Carson. Uh, I do remind the people, I did body slam this man. Yes. And we, he's still feeling it. The people, I'm sure, know that. It's been like a they month. They never get tired of hearing that, yeah. It's been a month, and his back is still broken. It's still, Smack yeah. dab in half. It's hard just sitting in this chair right now, yeah. That man has a family, damn it. Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show. A lot of worry out there over Hurricane Ian. Lay us the update, looking at the track here, just to update you here. Looks like it's going to be in the western part of the state, according to this tracker by ABC News. Now, see, I saw a map today or something that showed how it's going to hit North Carolina, and I don't know if this was, like, just a meme or something, but it looked like it was going to, like, I think we're getting, like, pretty severe rain, right? This was updated as of 2 o'clock today. So, so maybe, that's probably pretty correct then, Maybe, yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? It's hard to predict a hurricane even when it's acted, it's on land, but looks like it's coming through the Charleston, Myrtle Beach area, and it'll go and it'll travel west of Charlotte. So we might get a little bit of rainfall, but I don't think it'll be anything crazy like hurricane crazy it's, type So it's weather. not going to be a tropical storm for us? I don't think so. Oh, Maybe okay. at the worst it would be. But that's good news to hear. Hopefully it stays that way. Let's knock on wood. I'm not going to jinx yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep it in that way. Looking at sports right now, now that we got the weather out of the way. I'm not a weatherman. I don't like doing the weather. I never liked the weather. I took See, on weather my old, science. On my old radio show, I spent like 10 minutes doing it. I would do the whole week's worth of weather. I don't know how you could do it. <laughs> I just like – if. Uh, my ideal weather broadcast would be like, all right, it's going to rain, wear a jacket. It's not going to rain. Like I'll just, the, the family guy, have you seen that? The where they It's going to rain. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, Ollie. It's going to rain. Yeah, it's going to – yeah, my weather forecast would be like advising you what to wear outside. More, that, I used to do that. I think people would appreciate that a little bit more. Because Greenville's got this weird thing. I don't know if you've experienced this. If when uh, Did you have to walk to class when you were a student here? Yes, I did, yeah. I would have to dress, like, in a full-on, like, winter, like, sub-zero degree temperature, like, dress. And yep. then when I got out of class to walk back, it was, like, hot. Yeah, I'd be, like, sweating on yeah, the way to class. Yeah, I know, right? What, what's the di- I guess back. Greenville's just got, like, bipolar weather or yeah, something. I don't North know. North Carolina in general. But yeah, I had a weather forecast. I could do without it. I'll never be a weatherman. I took weather science, worst class I ever took. Oh, uh, that's life. not your thing? Yeah. If you're doing a 10-minute weather forecast, what are you doing? Telling them what socks to wear? I just went through all the days of the week because I only had one show there a week. So, yeah. I guess that works. You had to really slow it down like a turtle. Let's stop talking about the weather. We do have some news of the day here pertaining to the Carolina Panthers. Jim Zoki, by the way, Panthers Radio Net- Network, joining us on the other side. This quick timeout later on. We'll get a little bit more into this, but Christian McCaffrey listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals in Charlotte. What else is new? Yeah, I mean, yeah, stop me if you heard this one before. So I guess you need to stop me. <laughs> but 
Yeah, apparently he's dealing with a quad injury. This was released yesterday. He oh, wait, this practice. is a new injury? Like, this it's not the injury, ankle yeah. injury. We heard about the ankle and the shin injuries. And, apparently, and this is a brand new thing going on. This one, according to Ian Rappaport, they're a little bit more worried about. Oh, God. A little bit more serious. I'm telling you, this dude's made of glass. <laughs> I'm telling you, this glass dude's bones, made of glass. Glass bones, paper yeah. skin. Is that SpongeBob? <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. SpongeBob. Yeah. But no, he's, uh, he did not practice today as well, leaving his status for Sunday's game as doubtful, which is a huge shock. Our guy, our colleague here, uh, Philip Ruff Pilkington, brought up to me before the show, keep in mind, if we do get rain in the Charlotte area, and it looks like it's going to hit the Charlotte area, this hurricane, it'll probably be a Category 1 by the time it hits there, or Category 2. Probably wouldn't even be that. But if it does end up hitting some Raymond's, uh, hey, don't tell me what to say, Philip. Off mic. Yeah, we He's got we got Philip the ref Pilkington in here. By the way, oh, get him out. Oh no. wait, what what uh, is he on three? There you go. So I'm on three. Yep, you're good. All right, yeah. No, nah, there's only been one hurricane ever still be a hurricane when it hits Charlotte, and that was Hugo back in the '80s. I don't I don't think it'll be a hurricane, but it will I'm be just, a I'm just sloppy mess Sunday, baby. I'm sloppy just, mess. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just with, looking at the map right now. Is this going to affect you like going to the thing you're going to? Going to the th- I'm going to the football game. I'm going to the Panthers game, oh, regardless I, of whether was, it's raining okay. or not. I was getting to that, Inspector. I'm sorry. I'm going right, to sit there in the rain or in the shine and watch my Panthers play. Gotcha. Like the monsoon bowl back in the day. <laughs> they're taking buckets. Yeah. They're taking popcorn buckets and like like shelling it out, scooping it out, and putting it on the field. But no, uh, that this would be a huge factor because if it is a rain sludgy game, rainy sludgy game against the Arizona Cardinals, then you have to break break it down and break down and dumb down the offense to run in the ball. Oh, that's a whole different football game. Exactly. It, the, the, those games where uh, they're like sliding in the mud and stuff, it's a whole. I would say it's a whole different style of football. Absolutely. And if you don't have Christian McCaffrey, your best running oh, back, you're, it's over. Uh, you're going to have to rely on Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, who already can't catch and he can't hold on to the ball when there is no rain. Might be in some trouble for – your beloved Carolina Panthers. Baker uh-huh. Mayfield, his hands are too small. He can barely catch <laughs> snaps. <laughs> it's going to be an issue his, for Hey, sure. I think his brain's too small, some of the decisions. Oh, ooh. Oh, Maroon. I was going to say, at least Kyler has small hands, too. So they're in a good spot there with playing That's Kyler true. Murray. Yeah, people buy into the small hands a lot. Hey, we've seen it directly affect Baker Mayfield this year. I don't know if that's a snapper uh, uh, quarterback uh, relationship there. It issue. might be the hands being too small. I don't know. I think he has. Maybe it's – I can't believe you said his brain's too small. <laughs> his head is too big for me. He's got a big head. He's a big-headed fellow. Talks way too much for my liking. Too many of those commercials. Yeah. Either way, definitely something to keep an eye on. We'll talk to Jim Zucky on the other side of this quick time out here soon. With a little bit more on that. Also, if you're getting ready to tune into the Havelock-Conley game on our sister station, 94-1-97-9, that game has been canceled and will be rescheduled. There's no word on when the game will be rescheduled. But as of now, it is canceled for tonight. So Havelock, Conley, a no-go. We'll still have J.H. Rose tonight against Northside Jacksville right here on 94.3 The Game. Our very own Philip Ref Pilkington will bring you the bridge show, all the latest and the best from the week, getting you ready for all the American Conference action and football throughout the weekend, high school football. He's got everything. He covers more he than I do an hour right? show. Yeah. He does, yeah, he's, he's been the man around here. He's got like three or four shows. So definitely stay tuned for that as he leads you in the J-Tro's coverage with Croft Massey and the legendary Ronald Vinson, a Hall of Famer, by the way. Put some respect on his name. That comes your way at 650 as they bring you live play-by-play coverage between J-Tro's in Northside Jacksville. I think that should be like a tight – you know how like when you're a knight, they, you're required to be called sir? Yeah. I think if you're a Hall of Famer in anything, you, it should be like Hall of Famer Ben Byron. It should like, be like, your grace. 
Yes, you're great. Yes, something like that. I mean, if, if you are in that title, Hall of Fame, like people should put some respect on your name for sure. Cookie just put me on a Game of Thrones, so now I'm learning all the lingo. His grace, all, Ben Byron. Yeah, getting all nerdy about it. Oh, I'm a king. Yeah, his grace, Ben Byron. Or he yep. could be insulting me and saying I'm a queen. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Chad Carson, I just, I, I'll just remind you, I did body slam you. So if you're calling you did, me a yes. queen, uh-huh. I will bring out the big guns right here, right now. Uh, other news and notes of the day. Um, obviously, Coolio passed away. That's that's a shame. That, that is uh, that is very upsetting. I, everybody loves Gangster's Paradise. I mean, even soccer moms love Gangster's Paradise. That's a I classic. Love Fantastic classic. Voyage. A few of his other songs. I remember him on Celebrity Apprentice. Back in the day. Oh, he was on Celebrity Apprentice? Yeah, when Trump was on it. How did he do on that? Uh, he was terrible at it. But oh, okay. I just remember it, my favorite mini memory growing up watching just basic satellite like television. Was right? Coolio Little... being on Celebrity Apprentice? Well, no. they were they were In the finale, they were selling ice cream at Walgreens. Okay. Yeah, and I went out and bought the ice cream that week. Exclusively for the finale of uh, of Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember exactly whose ice cream it was, who was in the finale. It was great. I loved it. R.I.P. Coolio. I've actually never seen an episode of The Apprentice. That was the only season I watched. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the only season I watched. Uh, I got a big kick out of uh, Donald Trump. I knew him as the guy that just fired everybody until he became president. That's really all I knew him for. Yeah, I think Vince McMahon actually stole that from him. Like the, you're fired. That was a very good impression. (laughs) Vince McMahon, best character in wrestling history, by the way. For sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You can call in 252 Five six one four two six three. Chime in with whatever you want, but if you disagree with me about Vince McMahon being the best wrestling character, I want to hear it right Call now. Call in and do your own Vince McMahon impression. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear it. I'll rate it. I'll rank it. Okay. Oh, hey, that might be a segment. Rank uh, the Vince McMahon impressions. All right. If you do a really good Vince McMahon uh, impression and it gets the seal of approval from both of us, I will give you a twenty-five dollar Chico's gift card. I, right. Th- here, hey, right that now. sounds like a good deal to me. Just impersonate Vince McMahon. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fire. Also, the latest news and notes around the NFL, not looking good for Mac Jones, who was dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, that whole site in general has not been a pretty start for the Patriots so far. Had some rough games. Um, Mac Jones had wasn't carted off the field. He was helped off the field. He literally had to do the thing where he put his arms around the trainers and was oh, helped like a off. Movie or something. Yeah, Winston yeah. in pain. It was yeah, it was a horrible sight. But uh, not looking good for Mac Jones. They're expecting him to possibly be out. For a couple of weeks, when Bill Belichick was asked about it, he says, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I saw that. That yeah. was legit. Yeah, that uh-huh. was a legit quote. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. We're moving on. So Classic does, Belichick quote. Does the last few years without Brady, is that affecting Belichick's legacy? I'm just curious, like, to what you think. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, Phillip's over here shaking his head oh, no okay. as well. I don't think so. Belichick, I think, has submitted himself as the greatest head coach of all time. I can't believe nothing's named after him. You know, like the Lombardi Trophy. He hasn't retired yet. What's named after Brady? Brady's uh, got to have right. something named No, you're after. right. Yeah, but either way, when you look at Belichick's body of work um, since Brady left, he had a depleted, terrible Cam Newton that came to Carolina, and he led him to 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. And Cam missed a few weeks as well, so he had a run of Jarrett Stenham. And so oh, he was yeah. able to get to That's a 7-9 and nine season. I know we don't normally celebrate 7-9 and nine seasons, but he had a lot of um, extreme circumstances that year, like a lot of his best players on defense called out that year. Then you have the rookie Mac Jones, who was probably the least talented quarterback coming in the draft, but he had the best IQ and was able to have a very productive season that saw him in the playoffs, got him leading to uh, rookie of the year. Another system quarterback guy he was able to do more with 
with probably less talent. I would say so, yeah. Like Tom Brady. Um, even though Tom Brady is the GOAT. Just the high football IQ, like good long Absolutely. ball, and he's got a superstar right there. Yeah, and I fully – Bill Belichick is the only coach I believe in when it comes to you don't have your star quarterback, your starting quarterback. I still believe he could find a way to win. There's not a lot of coaches in the NFL where I could say the same about that. Playoffs are never out of the question with Belichick. I Absolutely. I didn't think there were going to be a playoff team last year. Now, they went on a late run last year. I couldn't believe how much better they got like through the season. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to make the same kind of leap this year. Because be I remember the first half of the season last year, they were kind of questionable, and then they went on like this long winning streak, and then by the playoffs, they were like a whole different team than uh, week one. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that playoff game came down to the – it was a pretty close playoff Yeah, I, game. I thought they had a shot at the Super Bowl last year. I really did. Jeez, that, that might be a stretch, but hey. No, I, I did. I believed in that team. All the more credit to Belichick there. I was um, like, oh, my God, we're going to see another Patriots Super Bowl without Brady. Nobody else on the injury report for the Carolina Panthers. Nobody ruled out um, that's new or of note here recently. Um, looking at a few other notes here. Nothing huge around the NFL besides that, which is uh, kind of disappointing. Usually we get a lot of news breaks here around Thursday, but, of course, when I host the show, there's nothing going there's on. Nothing. Yeah. Hey, Tua's McCaffrey. coming back. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's pretty big. Okay. Tua was dealing for injury coming out of that game against the uh, Bills, which I love that game, classic game, especially when the OC was freaking out. In the oh, booth. yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite video clips ever. That's going to be a meme for you. Because I, I love the guy that's, like, sitting two uh, seats down that's just kind of giving him the side eye. Like, <laughs> what, what in the world's wrong with you? Yeah. Dude, I, I, what's crazy is I think Josh Allen might have been more pissed than the OC was. Josh Allen oh, was losing. Oh, he looked really pissed. He was losing he it on the field. He looked super pissed, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, we got Thursday night football tonight. Uh, who's playing? Niners and Rams? Bengals-Dolphins. Oh, that could be good, maybe. I don't, I don't know. The ba- I'm not a big believer in the Bengals this year. I'm not either, but that could be one of those games that can seriously be a huge stinker or it could be a really good yeah, game. Yeah, Dolphins one of the hottest team in the league, though. I would say maybe even the hottest team in the AFC right now. Yeah, ESPN's on crack. They have one of their headlines saying that it's Rams Niners, which and is that's just wrong. Crap. Yeah, that's absolute crap. But Get it together, ESPN. Yeah. Either way, Thursday night football, Bengals, Dolphins. Maybe more towards the end of the show, we'll give our predictions. But uh, I think this is do or die for the Bengals, especially in their division. If they want a shot at the Super Bowl, yeah, this would be a great test for them to show that they could like hold in the playoffs, I well, would you, say. You look at their division in the AFC in general, it's pretty crowded. you got the Ravens and the Browns who are pretty hot right now. Lamar, I would say, best quarterback in the NFL right now. I don't know how you feel. Like, right now, who's playing like so far through the first few weeks, I would say Lamar is like top tier. It's between him and Josh Allen right now for me when it comes to the MVP race. Mm-hmm. Given, Granted, it's a little bit too early. It is yes, too I early, yeah. I agree. But, yes, um, Dolphins, Bengals could be a really good one, could be a really bad one. It all depends on that Bengals offensive line, which has been terrible. Dolphins defense has proven to be more than capable, been really good this year, mm-hmm. has been really good at pr- creating pressure on the quarterback and uh, getting sacks and turnovers. So I think the big uh, key to the game and the big storyline coming to this game is how the Bengals offensive line is going to look and are they going to keep Joe Burrow protected, which based on what I've seen so far I this year it's gonna happen. doesn't seem too good. Yeah. So I'm leaning more towards the Dolphins, but we'll maybe do a little deeper dive into that more towards the end of the show. But not looking too good for the Bengals, especially in their division. And the Steelers kind of – it's between the Steelers and the Bengals for the weakest link, and they're still competitive teams. But the Steelers, even at their worst right now, when they have uncertainty at quarterback – I'd put them over the Bengals right now, at least right now. I think the Bengals are more talented. 
Obviously, they got the quarterback situation uh, figured out. But yes, uh, the pit, Pittsburgh's very gritty. Pittsburgh's yeah. very gritty on defense, of course. They have some playmakers on offense. Bengals' defense is hit or miss. And the biggest thing that they got to figure out is the offensive line. The offensive line is just hitting right now. Same with the Steelers, but the Steelers at least have a ser- serviceable offensive line. They do. I yeah. never felt like in that Browns game, playing a really good Browns defense, that Mitch Drabitsky didn't have enough time to throw. No, yeah, I didn't feel that either. I feel like if. Uh, I, I don't think the. I feel like if they don't do well passing, it kind of comes down on him because, like you were saying, he's been protected yeah. for at least a good amount of those yeah, snaps. I, the big storyline when it came to the Steelers was just more so Trubisky was getting in his own way. Yeah, if if, if they don't win or if they don't do well passing, it's really going to be a Trubisky question rather than like other factors, I would say. Yep, huge game for the Bengals tonight. Um, they could submit themselves as either a potential playoff team or a potential stick-in-the-mud Buried in the AFC North. Um, and the Dolphins, they have to carry that momentum. Uh, Dolphins so far looking like a powerhouse in the AFC. One of the only two uh, undefeated teams remaining. Absolutely. Them and the Eagles. Who would have thought? I thought the Eagles are never going to return back to the playoffs um, after last year. Jalen Hurts might be that dude, yeah. Yeah, and I had a lot of questions about Jalen Hurts. I thought he was a phony. Those Alabama quarterbacks don't have a great history in the NFL, but the last few have been uh, doing Joe good. Namath. Eh? We are talking about oh, quarterbacks. star. Those are quarterbacks that are from a million years ago. Though. That's true. And Joe Namath was heavily overrated. But nonetheless. Yeah, look at the stats from his Super Bowl win. His, That's all I'm saying. His point, I do take Phillip's point. You know, you got to give those guys respect. But, yeah, here recently, uh, Alabama quarterbacks haven't been working. And let's not forget, Tua was considered a bust. For sure, until, yeah. Until, like, what is it? We've, we're through three games this year, and everybody's proclaiming him the savior. He's number two in the league right now, passing yards, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know who else is top five in passing yards right now? Who? Joe Flacco. I saw that. You know he's who number else? nine, right? Or no, maybe ten. You know, he's top five. Oh, he's top five. You know who else? Okay. Who? Carson Wentz. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, as it tells you, early in the season, the, yeah, none of that really matters. On. None of that really matters. Anyways, we got to hit a quick commercial break here on the other side of Quick Timeout, Panthers Radio Networks. Jim Zoki, random hey Ben there. I, like I, I clicked the wrong button. It's Sorry. all good. It's all good. Panthers Radio Net- Network's Jim Zoki breaking out a Christian McCaffrey injury, getting you ready for the Arizona Cardinals, all that and more right here on 94 Through the Game. Show. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I've been. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94 3 the game. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates travel to USF this Saturday, and you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's picked off! We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Are you ready for a new career? An amazing company chose Greenville to be the home of their nationwide contact center. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. And Victra's Greenville contact center is growing rapidly. Victra is now hiring multiple positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. 
Benefits include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Victor is now hiring both full and part-time positions, and top performers earn $25 to $28 an hour. All of their sales and service opportunities are inbound only. No outbound cold calls, no telemarketing. You will earn top dollar for every sale you make while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Visit pit-jobs.com to apply now. Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station's where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because, uh... The quality is great, and they can cut it any size you like, and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds, and that's perfect for my for my family. Because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown, just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. Welcome to U.S. Cellular, where new and current customers choose any phone they want for free. Free? Even the one with 5G and lots of storage? Free. And the one with the latest everything? Free. At U.S. Cellular, any phone you see is free, whether you're a new or current customer. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. We all love using Uber Eats, DoorDash, and grocery pickup. It makes life so much easier. Well, now there's cellular delivery, and the team at Cellular Warehouse has perfected the process. They will deliver your new phone right to your door with all your information loaded on the new phone, and the best thing is there's no charge for this awesome service. That's right, no charge for their delivery, and you don't have to waste half a day sitting in the cellular store. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let his team of experts make your cellular delivery today. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent serving all of Eastern Carolina. What QC Kinetics is doing for people here, it's nothing short of amazing. I'm talking about lasting relief from joint pain. Patrick Johnson here. QC Kinetics, the number one leader in the nation, signing new pain treatments, advanced regenerative medicine, non-surgical alternatives. If you're living with joint pain from injury or arthritis, don't let them tell you that steroids and pain meds and surgery are your only options. There's much more on the table with QC Kinetics. They use regenerative treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue. And maybe you've been diagnosed with bone-on-bone arthritis or you're told you need a replacement. Call QC Kinetics now for an alternative way to deal with the pain. These amazing protocols work with pain caused by injury as well, like a torn meniscus or rotator cuff. Call QC Kinetics now. Don't keep living in that pain. Learn how regenerative medicine can give you your life back with no drugs and no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. 252-765-PAIN. 252-765-PAIN. Wayne Sanderson Farms is feeding a growing world, and they need you to help make a difference. Join the team as an entry-level line operator at their processing facility in Kinston, North Carolina. The company offers competitive compensation of $16.70 or more per hour, plus benefits. 
Apply online for the entry-level line operator position at sandersonfarms.com careers. That's sandersonfarms.com careers. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates travel to USF this Saturday, and you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's picked off! We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. I had to run back in here. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Hectic day here as everybody gets ready for the storm. Everybody's freaking out. Just relax, everybody. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Joining us on the phone lines here, Panthers Radio Network's Jim Zoki. Jim, I understand you were at the President's Cup last week. Sounds like a fun little trip. How are you doing? Doing well, Ben. How are you? Good. It's good to hear from you. Um, perfect time to have you on as we have some uh, hot news right now. or kind of big in the headlines in the NFL Christian McCaffrey, once again, stop me if you heard this before, is on the injury report. You should have stopped me right then and there. Either way, dealing with a quad injury, um, according to Ian Rappaport, from what I saw, he's saying it's a little bit more serious than the shin and ankle injuries of uh, last week. Um, What's the latest on CMC? I know Matt Rule doesn't speak to the media on Thursdays, but have you had heard any insight on currently what's going on with CMC and she – should he be good to go here this Saturday, especially when we're talking about a game with the rain and all that might have to rely heavily on a run offense? Well, he, uh, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with that quad injury, so we don't know. But um, Ian Rappaport did report a couple hours ago that um, barring a setback, they expect him to play is what he was told. So uh, it looks like, you know, if you have to kind of read the tea leaves on it anyways, that's, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, when you – Get an NFL insider like that, they've usually got a direct connection with the team. <laughs> they yeah. somehow bypass the rest of us with the NFL network. Uh, so I would say, based on that, that's optimistic news so far. Absolutely. That's good to hear. Obviously, we need that man. The offense is way better when Christian McCaffrey is on the field. Um, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of cr- criticism towards Baker Mayfield and just the uh, offensive play calling and Matt Rule as a whole when it comes to this offense. I mean, look no further, and we'll get into this man a little bit later. LaVisca Chenault is the second-leading receiver on the team with 90 yards, and that all came from last week. There's been a lot of issues with the passing offense and just the offense in general on this team. What do you narrow it down to? Is it just chemistry at the quarterbacks and the receivers? I feel like the offensive line's been pretty, been playing pretty solid and good enough to win. Is it a mix of play calling, coaching? What do you believe has been the issue in this offense so far this year? Yeah, I think you know it's uh, it's a collective thing, but you know the, the trigger man's gonna be the guy that gets the, the most of the uh, attention on that topic. And you know Baker's been off. I mean, by the eyeball test, he's he's missed some that he should make. Absolutely. And there are some routes I'm sure where the receivers are not at the depth of running the route where he expects them to be. 
And so is that a matter of they're incorrect or they're just not on the same page? They're, they're thinking two different ways philosophically. So I, I think, it's, again, it's a matter of spending more time together. And each week that should get a little bit better, you would hope. Um, but uh, Baker has said, like, his footwork and mechanics are not what they should be, that he's kind of drifting around in the pocket, sometimes sensing pressure that's not there. So I think for Baker, it's a little bit like Sam Darnold was. Right? We had that same conversation about Darnold last year. The, the feet start getting happy. Just get back there, be more comfortable, hang in there longer. Don't be looking to bail out and, and you know backpedal and, and those kind of things to stand in. And this is not a great Cardinals defense so far, and we don't know that uh, J.J. Watt will play or not. He's got a cap injury. Yep. He's missed the last two days of practice for Arizona. So should be a chance where they're playing against a team that the defense that's not as tough as some of the ones they face so far. Revamped offensive line, a lot of new moving pieces. Still haven't seen Bradley Bozeman, but um, as hard as I was on him at the beginning of the year, Pat Elfline has filled in pretty well at center here as of late and has been blocking pretty well. Just looking at the offensive line as a whole, it's revamped, looks a lot different. What has been your first impressions as we're three games into the season now going into our fourth? I think the best news of all is, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's been over 100 yards rushing the last two weeks. Yep. And so you look at what they're able to do in the, the ground game. I and mean, that was one of the keys for this whole season, just getting McCaffrey out there and using your best player. And obviously they're opening up holes. And we see that they're opening up holes uh, to get him through there. And then he kind of takes off with it. So I think that's that's been pretty pleasing. Um, you know, I think with Baker, I think, again, They've, they've had to learn how to adjust to having a different type of quarterback there. So there are ways of preventing batting passes and things like that. I feel like each of the weeks, start with five that first week, and then I think two the next week. I don't know if they had one at all last week. That his offensive line helping to create those pass lanes at least for him and keep him pretty clean back there in the pocket. Um, so I think you know, by and large, the offensive line's been one of the bright spots so far. Absolutely. Just looking at the receivers, we're going to cover the whole offense here. Looking at the receivers, Lavisca Chenault filled in. Like I said earlier, two receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown last week in his first game in action. It was weird to approach this offense um, before that game as we kind of saw the same three receivers, and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall, and not much else outside of that. Now that we got Chennault in the mix, do we should we expect to see a little bit uh, the offense get a little bit more creative and more guys getting reps, let's say like a Rashard Higgins or a Terrace Marshall Jr., guys that you would believe that the coaches are highly invested in but haven't gotten much playing time. Should we expect them to get more playing time moving forward and be involved in this offense, or they're going to stick with the uh, the current crew they have moving forward? Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a little bit of both because, you know, last week your best receiver is D.J. Moore. He had one catch for two yards. Yep. So I think, you know, you want to get your number one guy the ball more often. I think that's probably priority number one. And he was targeted the most out of everybody. He had six targets his way, and, again, they were just off and, not connecting. So, you know, they did run him two times. So I think they really want to get DJ more and more involved. He's got just 88 yards through the first three games and one touchdown. You know, Robbie Anderson had that big 75 yarder, but that's been most of what we've gotten out of the two starting guys right there. So I think the guy that maybe might be seeing a little bit less that played the first two weeks was Shai Smith. I think the emergent, uh, emergence of uh, LaVisca Chenault will impact that because he'll definitely be the kick returner. So he'll be up for the 53 every week as far as the active 46 yep. or whatever. And then he's going to be a guy that's going to be used in receiver sets now based on just what he's able to accomplish, and he's a good run blocker. So I think, you know, Chenault's going to be the guy that kind of digs into that. And then, you know, when you have McCaffrey, you, know, you expect in a typical game that he'll be targeted a lot more than he's been in the passing game. You know, in the past years it's been maybe eight or ten times. They've not done that yet this year, but – you know, I think him and getting the tight ends more involved is all part of the equation, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Shifting over to the defense, it feels like Phil Snow 
has a lot of success against the Cardinals, even when they've been at their best on offense. We've seen him do well against Kyler Murray, and we've seen him do well with uh, Colt McCoy at the helm. Um, what a, exactly about Phil Snow's defense and his scheming has worked so well against the Cardinals, and how do you expect this defense to scheme around the Cardinals and contain Kyler Murray coming into this game Sunday? Well, that's the thing. Everything kind of revolves around Kyler Murray, who's unique at that position in the league where yep. there's a lot of just freestyle going on out there. I mean, he's very athletic, and he can create a lot of plays, um, but it's, it's a little bit difficult for teams to you know follow it because there's a lot of, a lot of times there's no structure. He's just kind of creating on the fly out there, which is good and bad, I guess. It, it can lead to great plays or it can lead to disaster, and there's one and two only scored 12 points last week against the Rams. I think why the Panthers do so well is it's one of those defenses that has a lot of speed. And so they're able to keep up with him. I think they're able to contain him, and, and they've got players that this is a faster, lighter type of a defense as opposed to some defenses that might be more traditional, stop the run, more plotting up front in their front seven kind of defenses. So I think they're able to, you know, unleash, you know, Brian Burns. You know, we've been blitzing more with guys like, you know, Jeremy Chin can come in. He had a sack last week yep. and kind of mix it up a little bit. We saw a lot, you know, eight or nine in the box last week. So I think they could pressure Kyler Murray, force him into bad throws, and contain him as well. He'll get his yards, um, but a lot of it's been check down stuff. A lot of it's been short underneath stuff, so you have to be prepared for that. Yeah, and uh, just a random thought here, but I like the fact that we have Jeremy Chin on the defense in that same draft. A lot of people were con- calling for Isaiah Simmons to be drafted instead of Derek Brown, and uh, Jeremy Chin is pretty much what everybody wanted Isaiah Simmons to be, and he Isaiah Simmons um, obviously has improved, but not quite on that Jeremy Chin level and not quite lived up to expectations. I just find that interesting. Isaiah Simmons on the Cardinals hasn't really panned out like they've wanted him to. Jeremy Chin ended up being what everyone thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be. I just, I don't know. I just find that interesting. But moving on to the defense, um, one particular guy that's been standing out and been making some impact plays here recently is uh, the rookie defensive tackle. And you look at a defensive line, a lot of moving pieces. You got guys like Gross Matos, um, as well as many others who maybe haven't stepped to the play, up to the plate. Uh, haven't lived up to expectations or have been a little bit inconsistent. This guy, Marquand McCall, a uh, rookie, relatively unknown defensive tackle, comes in making impact plays. What's the story on him? What have the coaches said about him? And uh, has there been any kind of indication in training camp or practice leading up to the season that would lead you to believe that he was going to break out or make an impact on the defense, especially the def- defensive line? I think, you know, he, it's like what Chenault brings to the receiving core. It brings a different uh, physique to a position group, in this case, defensive tackle, yep. where he's, he's just one of those big guys. I mean, it's just, you look at him, he's just a big run-stuffing guy, and he's able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And sometimes you just need that guy that can take up two offensive linemen to free somebody else up. So it's kind of more of a classic, almost nose tackle yep. type build on Marquand McCall. And again, a rare case of you know an undrafted rookie free agent out of Kentucky making the team. And the nice thing is, Ioannidis has been a nice addition at that position. Absolutely. Derek Brown has done what we hope would happen, which is emerge and be athletic. Had a big interception last week, and he's been really impacting the pocket and, and the run game in a lot of ways out there, too. So, I feel like defensive tackles got a nice rotation of guys. And that's all McCall, Mark um, uh, McCall has to be his rotational guy. Yeah. Come in, play his snaps, play his reps. And when they need him, just be kind of a space eater and a little bit of a, a run stuffer in there, mostly. Uh, looking at uh, the secondary here, obviously a lot of eyes on J.C. Horn, as I pretty much consider this his rookie season. You know, he's getting significant playing time. Looks like he's going to – we can knock on wood that he's going to play the whole season here, but he's looked really great. Um, 
has had a few slip ups. I can think of a penalty in the, one of the first games that really was not a good look whatsoever. But other than that, um, he's been really good at being that shutdown corner you expect him to be coming out of South Carolina and getting picked so high in the draft. What have been your first impressions on J.C. Horn, and uh, what about has made him so successful so far in the coverage? He's just excellent. I think he actually leads the league cornerback percentage rate of like 15% completions in his direction. So that in a short sample size is uh, is shut down stats if you can keep that up there. So, yeah, he's been terrific and, uh, again, brings a physical presence to that position uh, that they didn't have. So a press corner, you can play him in the slot. At nickel. He played three positions last week, played corner, played nickel, played safety. So you can move him all over. You talk about moving Jeremy Chin around on the defense. Same thing with J.C. Horn, which makes you a little bit more harder to game plan for. Some teams don't travel their corners from side to side. They just leave them on one side of the field or against one receiver the whole game. I think uh, one of the things the Panthers have is they're a little bit more unpredictable in terms of how they use their personnel. Uh, moving on to more so the fan takes, so the fan reports, the fan rumors. I like to bring this kind of stuff up just because Panthers fans – I don't know, they're a little crazy. They they buy a little bit too much into their own reporting and uh, their own conclusions. Uh, a lot was made um, in the rumor meal, and there was some reporters somewhat uh, riding with this with the fact that uh, David Tepper was showing up to practice the week leading up to this past Saints game. A lot of people thought if you started the season year three under Matt Rule, 0-3 after that Saints game, his job could very much be in jeopardy and he could be fired within the uh, next couple of weeks. Um, is there any kind of factual basis behind that? Is that simply just pure rumor and pure speculation? I mean, it's just it's it's internet rumor mill. Absolutely, <laughs> that's I mean, Panthers it's, fans. It's, it's, I mean, there's no there's no reporting. Well, there's no reporting to that. It's just saying things. Dave Tepper goes to practices all the time, yeah. off and on. He doesn't go all the time, but he goes every season for a number of practices. Obviously, everyone knows you got to win. So, I mean, that's not hard to say. So, it's like the team snaps a losing streak that began last year, but they're one and two in this season. The two losses this year have been by combined five points, and they've won since that. So, to me, it's way too early to even have that conversation. Don't think anybody's discussing that. I've not seen any credible NFL reporting that says that's on the verge of happening in any kind of way. So, you could pick up uh, the rumor mill, and it could be about anything. You know, somebody's dating somebody or somebody's dad who's actually alive. So, you know, live and die with your, your Twitter, I guess. If yeah, you want. <laughs> absolutely. Your entertainment for the day. I'll have one more for you, and this was actually reported. Um, they're expecting Sam Darnold to be back around week five off IR. Um, you know, a lot of people are buying in with Baker Mayfield's struggles. Could Sam Darnold seriously get a look if Baker continues to play the way he's been playing? I think, you know, they're committed to Baker and him, you know, getting better in this offense. So, I think – you know what you don't want to do is keep having the, the back and forth. So I think if, if Baker comes in and uh, shows improvement and uh, they feel comfortable and they're maybe winning some games, they got this one. San Francisco coming up next week at home. Get on a little winning streak. I mean, if you're winning, you're not going to change anything. And then for Darnold, he's going to be out for a period of time. Whenever he does come back, there's going to be some rust to knock off and get him back into football playing shape. So I don't think there's any you know uh, agenda to you know try to make that kind of a move right now at all. I think they're committed to Baker and, and giving him the full shot at learning this offense, being here for a while, building a chemistry with his teammates and, and trying to grow this thing. Absolutely. Jim Zuck, we appreciate you coming on. Always some very good insight. And be sure to catch this call on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, coming up this Sunday for a live play-by-play coverage between the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. Jim, thanks for coming on, my friend. You have a good one. You got it. Thank you. Yep.
Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coming up, we'll hear from the ECU football coordinators. A lot of answering to do, a lot of explaining to do. More on that on the other side of this quick time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Are you ready for a new career? An amazing company chose Greenville to be the home of their nationwide contact center. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. And Victra's Greenville contact center is growing rapidly. Victra is now hiring multiple positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, retail store support, customer care, and operations support. Benefits include incredible commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, and 401k matching. Victor is now hiring both full and part-time positions, and top performers earn $25 to $28 an hour. All of their sales and service opportunities are inbound only. No outbound cold calls, no telemarketing. You will earn top dollar for every sale you make while working in a fun environment with a team of motivated professionals. Visit pit-jobs.com to apply now. Welcome to Us Cellular, where new and current customers choose any phone they want for free. Free? Even the one with 5G and lots of storage? Free. And the one with the latest everything? Free. At U.S. Cellular, any phone you see is free, whether you're a new or current customer. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. We all love using Uber Eats, DoorDash, and grocery pickup. It makes life so much easier. Well, now there's cellular delivery, and the team at Cellular Warehouse has perfected the process. They will deliver your new phone right to your door with all your information loaded on the new phone, and the best thing is there's no charge for this awesome service. That's right. No charge for their delivery, and you don't have to waste half a day sitting in the cellular store. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let his team of experts make your cellular delivery today. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. cellular authorized agent serving all of Eastern Carolina. The Better Skills, Better Jobs Career Fair is back at the Greenville Convention Center Thursday, September 29th from 1 to 6 p.m. Over 100 of our region's top employers, education, and apprenticeship resources will be on hand. Head to pittcc.edu. Search Better Skills in the search box. Find your next career Thursday, September 29th at the Greenville Convention Center. Sponsored by the John M. Belk Endowment, PCC, ECU, Pitt County Economic Development, Greenville ENC Alliance, Koinonia Community Solutions, and IBX Media. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man as we bring you a uh, Patrick Johnson show here. Chris Cook on the ones and twos working out all the technical difficulties. Everything's exploded and fallen apart. Now that Patrick's not here, I, coincidence? I think not. Yeah, I think he might have had something to do with this. He's scheming against us. <laughs> no, he would never do that. In the meantime, uh, a lot of questions surrounding one specific offensive coordinator in ECU, Donnie Kirkpatrick. Fans are very upset, especially with the play calling in that Navy game. Had a lot of explaining to do. 
Blake Harrell, on the other hand, has been doing a pretty good job. We hear from them as right now in our pirate report. Let's start with Donnie K. As everybody's dying to hear what he's got to say and explain himself for the uh, play calling in that game against Navy. It seemed like in that game, and maybe you can chime in on this, Chris, and because uh, you were actually there. I had to do everything yeah, back right. here for the uh-huh. network. But it seemed like we were playing to Navy's defense. We were playing the style of offense that they wanted us to play pretty They much. ran on first down with like an inside zone run, I would say, throughout a majority of the game. Most of the game. And I, was, I, I don't get that. Like, catch them off guard. Like, they know you want to attack them, like, on the ground. They know you want to possess the ball a little bit. Why would you, like, play into exactly what they're yeah. expecting? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, obviously the offensive line wasn't great. A lot of that's because they were constantly getting blitz and a lot of pressure. Not going to make too many excuses for them. Well, no, I think a lot of it was just that they were running the exact same run. Maybe yeah. not the exact same run, but it was like the same kind of like inside zone run out of the shotgun on first down yeah. throughout the entire game. And someone even asked him about that in the press conference. Like It was just he pretty obvious that, that, yeah. Yeah, it's just insane. I mean, you, I, I don't know. A lot of coaches getting upset around here, but – yeah, if the backers, if you're blitzing the backers, uh, my natural response to that or adjustment to that, and who am I? I'm just a little country yokel who's doing a radio yeah, show right, right now. <laughs> but my natural response would be like, all right, let's make some adjustments. Let's u- finally utilize our tight ends. Mm-hmm. Use the tight ends and hurry up and get a quick pass off to the tight end right down the middle if we're blitzing our linebackers. For sure, if they're yeah. blitzing our linebackers. Didn't see a lot of that. And the one time we did was in the red zone, and it was for a touchdown to Ryan Jones, which I believe was about 15 yards to tie the ball game yeah, up. I feel like a, a, in a huge problem, and this was kind of like piggybacking off of what I was just saying, like the passes were like, I feel like it was a lot of third down, and it was like, okay, we want to run the ball, but that's not working, so now like let's pass. Yeah, The pass, I think, in that game should have been more like, sporadic and spontaneous instead of just, okay, well, we're going to try to run on first and second down when that doesn't work. Let's toss it up. That's just really predictable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Basically, it was run for nothing, second down, run for nothing. Now we have to do a pass and kind of get us out of the situation. Yeah, and throw it over the top. Absolutely, yeah. You kind of force yourself into a situation where you had the pass instead of what you said uh, being a little bit more spontaneous. We can criticize the offense for all day, but what people want to hear from is the offensive coordinator himself. Uh, we'll skip cut eight here because that's two minutes and 11 seconds. Way too long. Jesus, not enough time in the day. So we the cut nine here where he talks about what he saw on the Navy defense and how he believed Navy ran their defense. Yeah, that, I mean, they ran their defense. They had some different stunts. They they fit the runs a little bit differently. The the linebackers spun backside, you know, and played for the cutback a little bit differently. But everybody's going to play to stop the run. I mean, they do that at all levels. The, the NFL throws it all the time, and they still play to stop the run. Though. Because if a team can run the ball, you have no chance to beat them. So I, I, don't, I don't think it was anything there. I think they played hard. I think they played well, you know what I'm saying? I do think there were some times we didn't play as good as I wish we would have played. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we, we beat ourselves up hard on that one. That was a hard loss. That, that, that's a tough loss. Uh, you know, that'll sting for a long time, probably forever. But we've had to just kind of put that behind us because, you know what, South Florida don't care. You know, they're, they're not going to take it easy on us either. So, Yeah, and that goes back to what I said when we were leading into that Navy game. I believe we filled in the uh, last Friday before the Navy game. And I was saying they've bought a lot to this Navy game, probably way too much than they should. Uh, they, the coaches said in multiple press conferences that they prepared more for that game than any game. Uh, I would say up until that point and for the rest of the year, they were really focused on that game. Which I would never admit to the media. If I, I would neither. Yeah. I would have never admitted that. But uh, it begged the question, okay, how are the guys are going to bounce back mentality-wise 
You know, you got to feel really depleted, defeated, deflated after losing to a Navy team you prepared for since the summer. Yeah, right. They said every Sunday night they practiced uh, stuff against the option. I'm not going to buy too much into this, but, you know, if I was a weaker man, I would start questioning the coaching staff. Okay. If, I, if I was a player, I'm not saying this is what's happening. I'm saying if I'm a player, who's which I'm a weak-minded individual. Uh, yeah, I'm putting that I'm out there right now. Disclaimer. Yeah, okay. Weak-minded individual. But if I've been preparing for a team since the summer and we lose to them, don't you start to kind of start questioning the yeah, coaching? Like, I don't know. Especially losing yeah. in that fashion. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's just something to think about. But I'm just throwing that out there. Something to think about. Um, obviously, they lost Keaton Mitchell – uh, pretty early on. But no Marlon Gunn. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. But there's a lot of reports at the time, a lot of false reports. He wouldn't return to the ball game. So your boy was on the scene. He had to report what was going on. I was getting worried it was a lower back injury and it was in his left hip. Shouldn't be something too uh, major. He's going right back out there. Real source Granted, of news. That was real source from the source. That I was getting that from the network. This was accurate reporting besides – this wasn't some, something that somebody – I wasn't in the press box trying to report something. Uh-huh. I was getting straight down the source. Granted, he came back for one play and then was out for the game. But I'm just saying, hey, add a reporter to my title. Your source for accurate ECU news, 94 All right, let me stop and, and gloating about myself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let, let me stop gloating about myself here. Um, losing Keaton obviously was a huge, uh, huge uh, hit to their running back core into the run game, even though he wasn't doing much before that. He was really getting shut down. You would think when you lose Keaton, you would go a little bit more to a passing offense or try to work around that. Didn't really see that. Donnie K talks about leaves, losing Keaton and how that affected the game. Cut 10. Well, you know, when Keaton went down, that, you know, obviously you lose a big play guy right there. And I think there were some times, obviously, that he would have helped us because he's pretty good. Uh, you know, I thought Raji had a good game, though. You know what I'm saying? That's why you're glad you got two backs, because I thought we still had a pretty good back in there. We were ready to get Marlon in there, you know, and, and it's time for Marlon to play. I think he's earned it. He's had a great week of practice right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we try to rotate our guys in. It, it was such a limited number of plays. I mean, I think we had 27, 25 plays in the first half. So it wasn't that we were tired, you know, like that. The second half, I think we got up, ended up getting 65 plays. Uh, so I don't think anybody was tired, you know, that way. But Raji did a good job. But we were ready to put Marlon in there. We were ready to go with him. So it just didn't it didn't happen. But that was if we could have kept the ball a little bit more, if we'd have, if we'd have moved it a little bit better, we would have gotten him in there. Uh, I mean, I guess I somewhat understand that. It's still a close ball game. You still have a chance to win. Don't just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. But the way that offense was being run and the inefficiencies, you had to try something to get creative. Yeah, I didn't see much adjustment, Yeah, which I'm disappointed in. Which, yeah, I feel like this year, um, I've been saying it all year, um, maybe not on Mike, but it seems like in the years past or these past couple of seasons under the Mike Houston regime, um, it seemed like we struggled a little bit with second-half adjustments outside of maybe a Marshall game and a couple of games last year. Mm-hmm. I thought we saw a lot of improvement in that this year until we got to uh, this game, uh, this sure. past game, and then we just kind of took a giant step back. Still not down and out on these Pirates. Another stat to consider here when um, you talk about playing Navy's defense, Memphis, who is, I believe, 2-1 and one right now. Yes, 2-1, 3-1, somewhere around those lines. Maybe 2-2 two and two, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, Memphis is about on our level right now record-wise, and uh, I don't feel like they're more talented than ECU right now. They beat Navy 37-13, to and a stat to consider Seth Hennigan, who's just kind of a 
He's he's a middle of the pack kind of quarterback in the conference right now. Maybe he'll be a lot better and be one of the premier guys in the conference some someday later down the line. Right now he's just kind of middle of the pack, upper echelon of the middle of the pack when it comes to quarterbacks in the conference. Passed for 400 yards and two touchdowns over Navy, and they could not stop him. So, yeah, what does that say about us? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, and when they did try to pass, and I could I could sit here and criticize and say all this about the offense. What am I? I'm just a country yokel talking to a mic, so take it for what you will. But it seems like we did pass. It was like you said, a lot of four verts out of third down situations to the outside. It's like they passed because they couldn't run. Which, yeah. And, I mean, I get that that's football, like, in a way, but yeah. – but talking about those adjustments, like go into the locker room and say, hey, look, we've been running a lot on first down with this inside zone. They're blitzing like the linebackers down the middle. Yeah. Let's try mixing in some play action on first down, some quick outs maybe yeah. to attack this blitz. But it just seemed like they stuck to it, – It seemed the way we were talking about how they prepared a long time for this, yeah. it seemed like they were so prepared that they didn't want to stray away from the game plan that yeah. they had created. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That is something to consider as well, but – when you look at the way the corners are lined up, a lot of zone coverage in that game on Navy's defense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So why are we running these long four verts? I don't know. A lot of off coverage, too. Not yeah. much like press man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wrapping up with Donnie K here. Let's pick the best one before we have to get, go to a quick timeout and wrap it up here. Um, let's go. Donnie K talks about Holton's play down the stretch. A lot of questions around Holton, especially with that interception at the end of regulation. People are pissed. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to. Sugar Cody here. People are upset with Holton. Our Twitter's been very active from our fan base. All you got to do is check it out, 943 The Game on Twitter. Either let, way. But let's mention that if you want, like, straight from the source press conference stuff, like, as it's happening, like, we tweet as it's being said uh, go, at the press Chris. conference. As it's being said, if you want the first, like, stray of, like, what's being said, check out our People Twitter. People trying to copy it. Either way, moving on, he talks about Holton's play down the stretch. Donnie K there. Yeah, it, that's the thing. I think he's played great, and I thought he was he was playing fine in that game too. And but but you're defined as a coach. You're defined by you know how they play, and I'll take that. And uh, as a quarterback, you're defined as how you how you do. And we're all it's a win business. It's a win business. You win, okay. Uh, that's the thing. When when you win, you have to correct those mistakes, you know, too, because sometimes you make mistakes and get away with them. But it it was a costly deal, and uh, you know the thing is, is he's just such a great competitor. And he wants to win, and he never gives up on the play. He just what what you stress is, okay, learning from it because the you, you can't just be thinking about it. Okay, can't go out there and make a mistake. All right, that's going to do it for Donnie K here on our Pirate Report. We'll get to Blake Hare on Mike Houston tomorrow as we're up against time right now. We'll wrap it up here on the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout here on eight four three the game. Dan Patrick mornings and gold middays. Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the EZU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. Uptown Brewing Company is your friendly neighborhood brewery on Evans Street. Pirate fans, come hang out at Uptown Brewing Company after the game and choose from several beers brewed on site. Uptown Brewing is a beautiful facility with a spacious tap room. Enjoy some pints and have food delivered by several nearby restaurants. Open 2 to 10 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday, 2 to midnight on Friday and Saturday, and 11 to 9 on Sunday. Stay classy, Greenville. Come enjoy a pint tonight at Uptown Brewing Company. 
Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. Have you had a colonoscopy? If you're between the ages of 45 and 75, you need to be screened regularly for colorectal cancer. Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center wants to keep you healthy. Dr. Goldstein provides treatment and quality care for all GI needs. Just call the office at 252-758-8181. Appointments are always available within five business days. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Goldstein reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Visit our website, cddgastro.com, and come see us at Carolina digestive diseases and now the stunning conclusion of the show it's the p-man here on 94.3 the game the p-man as he has a high school football summit tonight you know he's a you know he's a popular play-by-play guy one of the best at it. I'm not even like gloating here. I've heard I'm not, some of his stuff. I enjoy it. I I'm not even hyping yeah. him up like just because the, the kiss is his butt or anything. I really think he's good at what he does. In the meantime, it was a pleasure to host for him. Special thanks to Chris Cook and Philip Ref Pilkington. P-Man back tomorrow with Blake Harrell and Mike Houston. Coach Doug Martin and maybe the ECU volleyball coach. That comes your way tomorrow live at 5 here on the 94.3 The Game. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color, Eastern North Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated to make you look great. Pirate basketball practice is underway, and the Mike Schwartz era has officially begun in Greenville, North Carolina. Coach Schwartz got to speak with the media ahead of their first team practice of the season, and he talked about what needs to be established this fall. Now, I don't think we're anywhere near having a rotation what we want. I, I think we're still at the point where everybody is competing, and, and competition is what we need to be about. Every day we have to find a way to get better. Every day we have to find a way to compete at a higher and higher level. Nothing's been established through the summer and through the fall. Some guys have been had a little bit have had stronger summers than others, and some guys have made some headway. But in terms of what's been established, I think we have a really long way to go. The Pirates will open the season on Tuesday, November the eighth, right here in Greenville against Mercer. That call can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report. I'm Philip Pilkin. This is about you, your family, and the health of all who live in Eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human, about creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, it's really all about you. ECU Health, minds, hearts, purpose. There have been many changes in the automotive world. At Phelps Chevrolet, the Phelps boys are here to take care of you. Mike, Daryl, and four of Mr. Phelps' grandsons, Wade, West, Allen, and Clay. You see, things at Phelps remain the same. The Phelps team has served Eastern North Carolina for over 50 years. 
We make your visit easy and fun. We are your neighbors, and that's what neighbors do. Phelps Chevrolet in Greenville. Like Mr. Phelps' great-granddaughter says, come in and get you one.